0: Hello, 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 Dolphins fans, football fans, and just generic podcast listeners to the New Beginnings podcast. I'm your host as always, Tyler Moss, and it's been, it's been a while since I've been with you last. Um, took a little bit of a break there waiting for, you know, some things to kind of start happening. wanted to let a few things happen and and build up in a way before I came back, and that way I had enough to really kind of dive into. Since I don't really go back and and dive into things from last year too much, um, I'll I'll mention them, uh, you know, throughout podcasts if I need to reference something uh, about a player or, or a situation on the team. Um, but as far as diving into the exact numbers, there's, there's a lot better podcasts and a lot more qualified people to do that than myself. So I kind of, I kind of like to talk about things that are going on or have just happened with the team and uh, kind of speculate on and where they might be going. And that's, that's kind of what we're going to do on today's podcast. Uh, the team has definitely made some moves here recently. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some possible free agents and some rumors going around about possible free agents the Dolphins could be looking at. Um, we, you know, with free agency right around the corner, that's going to be going to definitely be a big topic right now. And there's a lot of reports out there about a lot of different types of players and, and what Miami could be looking at. And that's going to kind of relate to the draft as well. Um, we'll touch on it, uh, just, you know, just how, depending on what kind of players the Miami Dolphins are going to target in free agency or have already targeted, that's going to, uh, uh, definitely make a difference whenever we get the draft time and, and looking at what kind of players they may be targeting in the draft. Uh, But first things first with kind of the breaking news as far as uh, me recording this podcast today um, is concerned. The Dolphins uh, just signed the Carolina, uh, former Carolina punter, to their team, and he will most likely replace Matt Hawk as the team's punter going into this next year. Um, I definitely like the move. I think that's going to be it's going to be an upgrade in one area or it may be a downgrade in another. I think Matt Hack was uh, overall a pretty good punter. I think he was very good at pinning teams back whenever um, he was far enough down the field to really try to pin them inside the ten-yard line. He was pretty good at that. Uh, as far as being a big booming punter. Uh, whenever the team was either, you know, stopped pretty far back on their own end and, and really needed to kind of make a difference as far as field positioning was concerned, uh, Matt Hack would, would be a punter that, that could bomb the ball. Uh, he definitely had a strong leg, but I, I just didn't I didn't feel like there was enough consistent uh, long punts. To really kind of, you know, warrant keeping him around and not trying to upgrade the position if, you know, if you're able to. Uh, Especially with Matt Hack going into free agency, he's probably going to get a decent amount of money, I would say, from a team. Um, And I'd say Miami just wanted to look in a different direction and, and give something else a shot instead of paying the money whenever they see an area that, you know, if it can be upgraded, why not try to do it? So... Um, I, I don't think it was a bad move at all. I'm not sure exactly what... I didn't get to see the specifics yet. Uh, I just saw that this happened, so... I didn't get to see, uh, see the specifics on, on what exactly... Um, what exactly we're giving him, but... Uh, but I'm sure it's not going to be anything too outrageous. And uh, another piece of news I just saw today, and... Uh, not Dolphins related, but definitely affects the team still, and that's that the, uh, the Patriots have signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal, so... There was a lot of talk on. Uh, I even heard some rumors about them trying to possibly get Jimmy Garoppolo back in, uh, back in New England, and uh, the speculation on them trading up to get a quarterback. Uh, who they might be targeting in free agency, it, all, all that has pretty much come to an end. I could see them maybe um, targeting a, uh, you know, maybe a Kyle Trask if they want to uh, really try to get out there and get him. Um, I don't see them trying to move up and get a high-ranked quarterback in the draft. Uh, there's there's a possibility possibility they can still try to either bring in a, kind of a, a veteran to back him up. Maybe they go after Marcus Mariota. Uh, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure on where he is right now, but I've heard rumors about that. So it's not not out of the question, but at least going in the next year, I, I would assume that they're gonna try to run back with run it back with Cam Newton for at least one last try. I'm pretty surprised about it. Um, I, I thought Cam Newton had a just an awful year last year. by by all regards. Uh, which, which I was honestly surprised about because I, I thought that he had enough left. He was going to prove something. That's what the narrative was, and I kind of bought into it uh, before the year started. So I was, I was a little worried about Cam Newton. Um, his arm strength has definitely went down. I thought going into last year. You know, you'd, you had seen it even with the shoulder injury. It just didn't quite look the same. Uh, but going into last year, it was it was much worse than I would ever expected it to be. Uh, he was only able to really get anything on the ground and. Um, part of it's because New England has such bad pass catching options at the moment. I'm sure they're going to try to address that uh, this offseason as well. So uh, certainly part of the problem. But I, I just whenever I see, whenever I saw what Cam Newton put up at least passing wise last year, it, it was not good. I think that that he's certainly looking like he might be at the end of his career. Um, but with that team and, and kind of what you expect out of them, if they're going to give him another shot. Um, Certainly, be prepared for him to at least make some sort of push. Uh, Cam Newton has he has a lot of pride. I, I can't see him really wanting to go out uh, looking like he has the last couple of years. Uh, but, but but after Miami did get burned um, at, at the beginning of the year against the Patriots uh, last year in that game, where you know they had 200 and something yards rushing, um, they they just quite they weren't quite ready because I mean they're a very good pass passing defense uh, pass rush. Um, but they're, they're still a team that's trying to really hone it in against the run. And at the beginning of last year, you saw some of those growing pains of of what would be a, a halfway decent rushing defense. As the year went on, uh, they were still kind of trying to find themselves, and they certainly did by the time they played New England again at the end of the year. Um, they had they had definitely got it together. You saw you saw what it looked like from you know the beginning product to the end product uh, as far as that Miami defense was concerned. So. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried about Cam Newton. I don't think they're going to be able to add enough around him just going in the next year. I mean, they have a lot of cap room. They can make some some big moves. I just don't think that team overall is going to be able to do enough with, with Cam Newton unless he drastically improves uh, going into this next year. Uh, but kind of transitioning back into Miami news, so uh as everybody has probably heard and seen by now uh Kyle Van Noy was released from the team uh it it did move uh you know it it freed up 10 million dollars um and there was there was some different reports that I saw that were talking about how uh, Kyle Van Noy was you know was was not a good behind the scenes kind of guy and I just I don't believe it at all I think that he was he was pretty short with the media at times um but he was he was a player that was very outspoken, uh, in his own way. But he let you know it. He never tried to hide who he was, um, and he's he's a very passionate player. He cares a lot about his teammates, and he, you know, at multiple times when they tried to dig in about other teammates, it seemed short because he would say, "Well, I'm just not going to talk about that guy." But he was very open about it, saying, "You know, he's not going to talk about that guy." And I, I can see how that could rub some people the wrong way, but at the same time, he's just defending his teammates. He comes from. Uh, the Belichick, you know, keep your mouth shut <laughs> in, in interviews kind of thing. Uh, a lot of those guys play it very, you know, close to the chest, but, um, and, you know, I, I assume Brian Flores not only brought some of that over to this team uh, in, in his own way, but he's able to communicate with Kyle about the way that they're used to from, from being there, so um, I think he was a very good leader on the team, somebody that, honestly, I, I, I do wish he was still around, uh, because he does bring a lot to the team. And he can bring high level of play, uh, defensive play to the team, in, in a spot where really, I mean, Miami now goes into the draft and the free agency, and, and they're they're going to have to target a linebacker. I'm I'm more than fine with Andrew Van Ginkle stepping in um, that role. He showed a lot of great flashes this last year. I think he's going to end up being uh, a very important player on this team. And I think we're going to see a lot more of him and a lot more of his name called uh, going into this next year, I really think he can make a push and, and be one of the better players at his position. I mean, it'd be a big jump to go there that quickly without maybe uh, having some some slumps, some sophomore type of slumps. Uh, but but I, I really do think that he is a very hard working player. Um, he plays very hard and... I, I truly do think he's really going to take over uh, the, at that linebacking position there and, and help out in the pass rush, which is um, going to be, you know, something that the Dolphins want to continue to have and really try to improve on uh, because, I mean, the de- you know, you look at the numbers and, and you see the defense last year and you think their pass rush was was amazing. Look at all these numbers, but it really could have been better. Um, there was, you know, Emmanuel Ogba set the world on fire yeah, right off the bat, and so they really didn't. It's kind of easy to miss the fact that Emmanuel Ogba went through a pretty good little drought where he wasn't getting sacks either. And uh, there was, you know, certain games that you really saw the Miami Dolphins struggle in the pass rush. Still, uh, but their, you know, their defensive backfield and their their linebacking play was good enough to help them out through that time. And I mean, that's what you have to have because you're not going to be able to rush every team consistently every time you play them um but but yeah it's, it's gonna definitely be an area that they're going to address now um and uh, you know going back to the linebackers there uh hopefully Jerome Baker will get extended i'm I hope that you're hoping that as well uh because i I, I think Jerome Baker is a uh, extremely versatile player more more so than he's given credit for i know I know people knock him in certain areas here and there but but really I think he is he's he's athletic he's a hard worker he's Honestly, coming into being that leader that they're going to need now, because Kyle Van Noy stepped in and was a leader, uh, but he was only there for one year. And I think Jerome Baker really has come along with that. I didn't think he had it in him at first to be the leadership type, uh, but we've we've seen him go really, f- you know, far and beyond in the in the leadership standpoint than I thought. Um, he, yeah, right when he when he first came in. Um, he got knocked for being, you know, he, he didn't speak up that much. At least it's some of the stuff that I heard. I, I, I'm not sure if everybody's in agreement on that, but uh, but I had heard that he wasn't quite as outspoken at first. It didn't seem to be um, from from what I saw in interviews and and everything. But uh, he's been he's been a lot more vocal. Uh, seems he seems to have stepped into uh, I would say the leadership role that Kyle Finn is going to leave behind. So, uh, but that's. That's the big deal with Kyle Van Noy. I think that it was it was a good idea to go ahead and cut him. I think the contract is pretty inflated, um, but at least it, it paid it off to the point to where now, you know, we can go ahead and cut him uh, one year into this contract and still get ten million dollars back in a year where we're going to need that ten million dollars. Um, so we'll go ahead and, and, and talk about that as far as the salary caps concerned, because the Miami Dolphins do have a decent amount of money, um, you know, in cap wise to to. Try to sign some of these free agents, but I think that they're really making uh, moves in certain areas because they're trying to free up as much as possible to make a couple of moves before uh, before draft time. Uh, in the past year with COVID, I mean, obviously, a lot of people expected the salary cap to go down, and it didn't. It didn't go down a lot, but um, but it, uh, it certainly didn't get you know, it didn't increase like it usually does. And some of the... So they're going to they're gonna have to make some extra cuts as well to free up that space. Some of the players that I would see getting cut um, to try to save some money. I would say Albert Wilson's going to be on that. You know, didn't play this last year. Uh, he would be coming in being the healthiest that he's, you know, ever been, I guess. Because he's he had a full year off. He opted out, which is fine. Um, and... I, I just can't see the Dolphins wanting to keep a hold of him. He's—I believe—he's 28, or he's going to be 28 years old, something like that. Um, He's never really had a whole lot of production in the league due to the fact that he's been injured a lot. And um, the Miami Dolphins certainly know about the struggle with that too. And then they had to go this whole last year without playing—you know—having him on the team to see if he would make that next jump for the team. So they—so he starts off with the team, gets injured. Um, comes back opts out, so you you haven't seen any production to warrant the contract that he was given when he originally came over from the Chiefs. Uh, but he's one of the players that I see, you know, being uh, being cut for you know the salary cap reasons that we mentioned. And honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if Jakeem Grant is possibly in danger uh, of getting cut um, for for that you know for that money. I I just don't think that to this point he has been able to live up to that contract and I I was excited about Jakeem Grant I thought he was going to turn into that burner turn into that guy who could get on the outside make a quick move or you know just catching deep routes because he's he's pretty quick and he shows it in his special teams play uh, which is his most valuable trait right now but between the injuries that injury problems that he's had with the team as well as uh, his his propensity to just drop the ball and not make catches he's he's been putting so many opportunities since he's been there to make and he has made some big catches because he's quick enough to do it but I just the consistency has not been there at all and I believe that he's a good enough player to make it happen he's got kind of that Ted Ginn feel um, you know that kind of that kind of speed that quickness I think Ted Ginn's taller if I'm if I'm not mistaken but but still I, I think that you know, that it's a very similar type of player, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that um, if you can get rid of him, you've still you've got Lim Bowden Jr. who you just traded for, uh, from the from the Raiders, and I, I think that he will be able to step into that role just fine. And honestly, from what I saw with him in kind of limited capacity this last year, he he seemed to play better in a lot of areas. He's able to make some pretty good catches. Um I mean, for as young of a player as he is, I I think that you might as well stick with that young player, move him up, save the money when you're going to get similar production. Um, so if, if the dolphins do keep him, I just see him being more of a, uh, special teams player type of role, which if, if they decide to do that, maybe they can recon, you know, restructure probably won't happen. But, um, if if they were able to work something out, I, I wouldn't mind him being on this team. I really like him. I think he's a very good player. Um, and his, you know, at moments his special teams uh, play has has kept Miami in the game and maybe even won them the game at times. So uh, it'd be hard to see some of them go. But looking into uh, what's coming up in the draft, you're going to see so many options at wide receiver. I mean, that that are going to give you probably the same range of of uh, production as. Jakeem Grant at their worst. You've got so, you know, there's so many chances to get a stud receiver in this draft uh, that I, I see Miami kind of cutting ties with at least a couple of theirs uh, to to make room to go after at least one or two in the draft uh, or however many they decide to target in free agency and whatever route they decide to go. Uh, but but since we brought it up, let's go ahead and dive into free agency and what a uh, what better way. To start, since I didn't, uh, I didn't bring it up at the beginning of the show, uh, but I Isaiah, uh, yeah, Isaiah Wilson uh, being brought over to the Dolphins and swapping seventh-round picks with the Tennessee Titans. Wow, um, I've heard so many different takes and opinions on this that it's it's hard to know really where to start. But let's just let's go through with what we know first, and that's uh, a former or the last year's first-round pick by the Tennessee Titans. They took him 29th overall, one pick before the Dolphins took Noah Igbenogany. And um, even coming out, he was pre- he was projected. I remember looking at him last year before the draft, and it's kind of funny. I don't really dive into like people who they're going to draft. I'll take looks at mock drafts and, and stuff like that. But um, I-, I saw his name thrown around. And I remember it because he was kind of considered a boomer bust player. A big guy with a a lot of skills, you know. I mean, he's he's very good. Uh, And whenever you can find a very good tackle in this league, you you take a chance on him. Even if maybe drafting him at the end of the first round is a little bit of a stretch. Um, I I, I definitely thought that he was going to be a high-drafted player, though. And so after he is drafted by the Titans, um, you know, he's competing with a guy. And I've heard... I've heard the excuse that they got rid of their tackle before the draft, and they were, uh, they were you know, they, they had given the guy behind him because their former tackle was looking for a big contract. And sorry, I don't remember names off the top of my head. I, I knew them. Um, but, yeah, they, they get rid of their big tackle to free agency. Uh, they lose him to free agency. And he makes big money, you know. But, but uh, it was kind of next man up. They liked the guy who was behind him, and so they decided to give Him a three year contract, uh, so but they still draft Isaiah Wilson to take a look at a possible, um, you know, game affecting and, and possible uh starter of an offensive tackle in the first round. Uh, but the problem started not too long after he got there. I mean, in fact, the problems went all year long to the point where he only played and I, I want to say it's five snaps. I, I heard it was something like that. Um But he played five snaps the entire year. uh, Most of them being on, let's see, a field goal and then victory formation. Like field goal and victory formations. So you've got a starting tackle that you brought in to be that guy. And you're having problems with him. I get it. I get it. But if you're going to put him into a game at all, unless you're literally just trying to spit in his face. So maybe they they got along that poorly uh, for that to be the case. But... (laughs) Uh, but whenever you've got a starting right tackle, and the moments you put him in the game aren't to actually check and see if he can protect your your uh, your quarterback. I mean, that's that's exactly what you need to see. You would think before you just cut ties. So that speaks to how bad uh, the situation really was between them. But uh, but if a if relationship's that poor and and they were just tired of the things that he was doing, um, I mean. I can I can understand what in the cut ties. It, it seems like a move that they're trying to make their team cuz it's a it's a veteran ran team. Uh, it's it's you know a well coached team in Tennessee. So the fact that they'd want to make a statement by doing that to the rest of their teammates, uh, the rest of the teammates then it's it's going to it's going to I mean it'll show them that no matter how good you're supposed to be, no matter how good you are, if if you don't follow our rules, then you're gone. So um, yeah, and it's that's kind of the way it was. with Trading the seventh round picks is really it's just going to be Miami taking on that first round rookie uh, lineman contract, which isn't going to be too bad. I think that taking a shot on him personally, I think it's worth the money. Um, a lot of people are going to disagree, though. I've heard, I've heard on, on multiple podcasts uh, that they thought the move is a good move to just give it a shot. Others that don't like it for various reasons and. Um, you can you can see how this could go good or bad. It's definitely a gamble, but it's a gamble that I think Miami should take. Uh, the, with the you know regardless of the offensive line vastly improving last year, and I talked about it a lot uh, as the season was going on. That I thought they weren't really getting the credit that they deserved. Uh, you know, but they they definitely had a lot of bad moments as well. And so trying to trying to target somebody like that, it's it's in my mind. Uh, the Bill Belichick coming out in Brian Flores. I mean, you saw it through uh, multiple different players kind of coming and going through there that they'll bring people in. And I mean, obviously, uh, we're not going to talk about the, the horribleness of Aaron Fernandez, or Aaron Hernandez, excuse me. We're going to talk about that because it's, it's terrible. But I'm only going to talk about it in, in the fact that they bring in players that either kind of have a muddy past or have had issues on their last team. Uh, have had issues before they came into the NFL, uh, and they'll they'll bring them in. Um, the you know guys that nobody really wants, the Josh Gordons, uh, and I mean his was only, you know, just weed every year, but still somebody that y- you have trouble banking on. And I mean it didn't work well for him in that case, but uh, they've they've shown that they can turn players around in, in a lot of different ways, and that's just credit to Bill Belichick uh, in that area, but. Um, you, you see that. I mean, and Brian Flores was there with Bill Belichick through all of those, a lot of those at least. So uh, he he gets the idea of giving second chances. He knows what it's like to, to come from nothing and, and work his way up. He's, you know, he's, he's definitely a teacher of, uh, of men. So I think if, if he can come into a situation like the Dolphins have right now where it seems like the team has come together in a, in a great way, they have a lot of fun, um, if he can go in there with those other linemen... Uh, with the leaders on this team, and with with Flores, and and show you know give give him a a fun environment on the team to where he's not looking to, you know, to go do something else and get in trouble. Um, these things about you know getting in trouble are uh, he went out to a party, uh, snuck out to it because the team was on uh, a protocol of you know no going out or anything because of COVID. Um, so he got caught at a party, uh, tried to tried to get away. They said that he was going to jump off the second story like balcony to get away or something like that. It's pretty crazy. It's a crazy story. Uh, But regardless, he broke protocol there, got in trouble for it. Um, He spent a lot of time on the COVID list because uh, he kept going out or or would break protocol and wouldn't get caught, but he would keep getting COVID. So it just kind of goes to show um, whether he got it multiple times, I don't know. He spent a lot of time on that list so I'm not sure exactly what happened with that, um, and then he got a DWI, uh, and was reportedly like doing donuts somewhere and hit a wall, like crashed into a wall, something like that. But, uh, but yeah, he got arrested for DWI. You know, it's, it's not good. Those are not, not good things. And there's no telling what else went on behind the scenes that maybe isn't being spoken about uh, to the point where they would just literally get rid of him like this. Uh, but he's he's rough around the edges. He's a kid. He's making stupid mistakes. And I'm not saying a DWI is just, just a kid type of thing. But I'm just saying that it was it was very poor, young, stupid decisions that were being made that luckily didn't get anybody killed. I mean, frankly, that's what it is. He could have hurt somebody at some point during those things. Um, but uh, these, these are things that he's going to try to have to turn his life around. And I think this team could be the one to help him do it. Uh, whether that transitions onto the field... With great play or not, I don't know. But if you're if you're swapping second rounders, coming up with a little bit of money to take a shot on a, a potentially great offensive lineman, you you try it. You just have to try it. As as many gambles as teams make every year, uh, whether it be in drafts or or pre season, you know, uh, or uh, uh, free agency signing players. So this is a game of gambling in a way and. Whether you think a player is actually going to work out, uh, so this is certainly one worth taking in my opinion. <laughs> but with that, we can transition over to the draft because that's what I've heard. Is now we've got him, uh, Suel, Hope I'm saying the name right. I've heard different podcasters uh, say different names, but Panesawell is is what was what I was told. So. Um, They've said, you know, do we not target him? What do we do with the offensive line? The majority of people are saying, uh, no, absolutely not. We're, of course, going to draft him if that's who they want. Uh, and that, you know, this this potential bust of a first rounder, you know, coming in is not going to be our starter uh, if he doesn't work out. So we we need to have that insurance. We need to... Uh, for the same reasons that I talked about Isaiah Wilson, is you need to upgrade this offensive line if you can. It does need it. It does struggle. Um, and with some of the moves that they might be making as far as, uh, as, as uh, weapons they could be targeting, they're, they're going to need all the offensive line help they can to support that, uh, especially with Tua needing to come into next year and, and make, honestly make a splash. He really does. He's, you know, for, for lack of a better term off at of the top of my head, he needs to... He needs to come out and impress. He needs to impress the. Uh, he needs to impress the team. He needs to impress the media, and he needs to impress the fans, uh, he, because he's he's a, a beloved player. I I think he's great, and I hope that it works out. Uh, it looks like all the Deshaun Watson rumors are are coming to an end. Uh, so I still will defend that I, if they had a chance to get Deshaun Watson, I w- would probably go for him, and. Uh, It's coming from somebody who wants Tua to be the starter for this team and succeed because that's exactly what I want to see more than anything else. Uh, But it was just kind of one of those things if it's heating up and I I really... I mean, I was on the boat for getting him. I can't remember exactly what I said I would have given up in uh, (laughs) that last podcast that I talked about him. It's been a while. But I was saying I would give up like two twos, a second, I don't remember what else. But um, I I think if it's going to go on this long, And the team and him are still kind of battling back and forth, so it seems, unless they're just trying to drive the price up. Uh, But it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like they really might just let him sit out if he wants to sit out, and he's claiming that he's going to sit out. Uh, So I I think that Miami's kind of made their interest known, and now they're just going to sit, and they're going to be fine either way. If they call with some deal that we can't refuse, then we will probably do it. Uh, but I doubt that happens. So, otherwise, they, you know, they can squirm with other teams, and and we're, you know, more than more than happy where we are. And it's either that, or honestly, maybe just Brian Flores has seen enough and believes enough into it to do it. And so, you know, the trade rumor was there about how Miami was interested. It's like sure, they probably told Tua, to, you know, we're going to reach out and at least tell them that we'll hear something. But it's going to have to be outrageous, <laughs> and. I I, th- I don't I, you know as as much as Tua knows the greatness of some of these other quarterbacks and their high level of play. I mean, he's seen it firsthand from Deshaun. He knows he's a, he's an amazing player, so he understands. I'm I, I he he's shown his uh, maturity throughout the entire year last year, not uh, letting it get in his head when he was benched or you know taking it personally. He he really knew uh, exactly what he was going into with not enough time to train and, and heal. So. It um, looks like he's been working hard from all reports that I've seen. So it looks like he is he is putting in all in work to try to show uh, that he's going to be worth it, that that you know number five overall pick that Miami uh, gave up for him. Uh, but getting back to the draft too, so uh, certainly Well uh, is going to be somebody that Miami will still take a look at. I don't think that's for the route that they go, honestly. But I don't think it's because. They're going to pick somebody else. I honestly think Miami's going to trade back uh, with one of these other teams. And it's going to work out better for Miami that way. We're going to get more picks out of it, which we do still need. Um, we got you know a decent amount, which is great. Uh, but it's only going to help you to have more of them if you can turn that into a favorable deal, which you should be able to because it looks like one of these other teams are going to want to move up. Um, I-, I wouldn't be surprised to see Philadelphia move up to try to take Panay Suel if he's there, uh, depending on what the Jets do. Um, but I think, if I had to guess, I think that they're going to trade back with probably the Eagles. Um, I've seen the Bengals name tossed around. But you're, you're going to have a market uh, to trade that pick away because if Panay Suel is there, it's going to be a very valuable pick. Uh, Miami's looked into him a lot. I've heard some mixed feelings about him. I know I've seen a couple of mock drafts that had um, that had Pinesa Well going number two overall and I've seen other ones where they've had him drop a little bit where they actually ranked another tackle before him overall. Um, but I, I don't believe that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be teams that want him. There's been enough hype around uh, the general media about him that uh, that the, you know Miami could have potentially get a very good deal out of it and Give you enough picks to really help uh, fill some more of these holes because there's still holes to fill. We need to figure out what we're going to be doing at the safety positions. That's going to be a big issue, but um, I think they're going to touch on that in the draft. Uh, but before I before I actually go through my thoughts on the draft, I'm going to lead into it by saying that uh, who they get in free agency is going to drastically change how they're going to tackle. Uh, the draft, and I mean that's the case for most teams, but I think at least from where the specific needs are for this team, it's going to um, be a huge difference maker. I really do, uh, because we'll start with the running back position, which is my favorite favorite one to talk about because I don't know what I want, <laughs> and um, yeah, I've I have been struggling very hard because I really really wanted Miami to get Najee Harris. I mean, I've been on the Najee Harris train for a while. I think he's amazing. Um, some people don't want that. I don't want. To, I don't. I don't think we need to take him at the beginning, um, and I think that's why trading back will be good too. I'm hoping that we can get him with the last pick in the first round. Um, I've seen a lot of mocks that go back and forth on that, but uh, I think I think that would be perfect for Miami, and I know a lot of people don't want that to happen. They'd rather take the the North Carolina running back or Travis Etienne from I think he's Clemson. Um, but they're they're very good running backs. Um, if either one of them ended up on the team, I would not be upset whatsoever. Because uh, I, I, I think you know whatever whatever that te- whatever our team saw from them is something that's really going to uh, make an impact. With it being such an important part that the the Dolphins need. Um, but I, I really wanted I really wanted Najee Harris, and as the uh, As the rumors keep coming out about Aaron Jones and the mutual interest and everything else around this is just pointing to an inevitable deal in my mind. I think it is. And I've heard a lot of the numbers thrown around. And honestly, what we're going to get for him, I mean, if we have to pay him to be the eighth highest paid running back in the league, I think that's more than worth it. And, I mean, he's had certain injury problems along the way. He came, you know, he's come off of some pretty good numbers here the last couple of years. His touchdowns were pretty outrageous. They've been very high with with Green Bay. But honestly, you know what? I mean, yeah, uh, Green Bay's got a better passing offense with Aaron Rodgers to get down the field, and then he can run it in for those touchdowns. But at the same time, you have a very, very hardworking, very tough running back, um, and that's kind of what we need. Is We, we can't have those bulldozing types necessarily, Uh, You watch, you know, what what they wanted Jordan Howard to be that never, never even got close to happening. And really, Matt Burita, I mean, they're kind of they kind of moved away from him because they saw enough out of uh, Savon Ahmed and uh, Miles Gaskin to to work with. They thought that was the best product to put out on the field. Um, But I think Aaron Aaron Jones is is certainly a similar player uh, to Miles Gaskin, I believe. And I think I mean, he's the better version of him. Um, but I, I think that's the exact type of running back that they need. Anyone that can catch the ball decently well, um, Aaron Jones has done some of that. You know, he's, he's been a pretty good pass-catching back, I think, uh, but, but he definitely has put up the numbers. He's had some, some great seasons with some great numbers put up, and when you get that kind of guy um, that plays hard enough to get you the power that you need as well, I think that that's, that's probably going to be the best deal for the Dolphins. Uh, That way you're not spending up on a a running back who, I mean, I I think Najee Harris is going to be a a Saquon Barkley type of, or Nick Chubb possibly type of running back. I think he's outstanding uh, from his build to the way he plays. Uh, But I just don't know if we're going to want to invest that pick um, for him or not when there's going to be some really good players there that the Dolphins are going to be looking at to fill holes. And one of those is going to be the linebacking position. Um, if they're able to come away with maybe a pass catcher and a, and a and a linebacker, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset at all coming out of the first round. Depending on which linebacker it is, there's a few pretty good ones, but it would be nice if if we got lucky enough to maybe get Harris at the first pick of the second round or our first pick of the second round. But that's not going to happen. I, I just don't see him getting out of the first round uh, personally. Unless you know somebody surprises like they did with uh, the Chiefs did with Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and uh, they you know the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the first one. A lot of people had a couple of running backs ranked ahead of him. I mean, he he was projected very well, uh, but that was at least a surprise for me. Uh, even though you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire so far has been a pretty good player, um, he's struggled a little bit with. You know, with some injuries and different stuff like that, but um, but he, he's looking like he's got the potential to be a pretty good running back. Uh, but honestly, with with everything coming together and looking like it does, I, I do see um, Aaron Jones coming to the Miami as the most likely scenario. Um, and I think that that was kind of the deal too. As much as they were gonna have to pay him, depending on you know how Miami structures a lot of their contracts, they pay him a lot more up front. Um, I think that's why they're freeing up some cap room, also, because they're going to look at that, and then they're going to look at wide receiver. And depending how much money they're going to have left after they get the Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones deal done, if they do, um, depending on what what players all they, they decide to cut, you know, to get some extra money, um, if if they've got enough left, then they're going to be targeting possibly a high end receiver. Uh, it depends on what you know which route they want to go. Um, I honestly, at least between the top two guys, because we, we'll talk about the, the other guys too, that will still warrant a decent contract, but uh, is not going to be to the level of these two. And it's going to be Juju, Smith-Schuster, and Kenny Galladay. Um, so they're both probably going to be out there and available. Uh, I've, I've heard some different numbers thrown around about Juju winning like, you know, f- or Galladay getting like 15 to higher, 15 or higher million a year. Um, and Juju around around the same or a little less, uh, and you look at it. I mean, they're they're both young. They're both different types of receivers, and so you can really take a look at either one depending on what you're wanting. If you want a physical big-bodied um, kind of guy, uh, then Kenny Galladay's the guy. He even has Baby Tron instead of Megatron uh, for his uh, like some of his social media stuff. So, I mean, he's a huge guy. He's very, he's very good. Uh, the problem is, is he doesn't get a lot of separation, which is honestly the route that I see Miami wanting to go. Um, they've got Devontae Parker and, and Preston Williams, and Preston Williams is, is pretty good with route running. Um, he's not good at staying healthy, but he's good with route running, and uh, that kind of makes up, you know, that he's not super fast. Uh, but they're, they're both big guys. And so Miami wanted to go get a third big guy with the same type of play, uh, arguably, as Preston Williams and, and Parker. Um, I just don't see him doing that. I don't think you would pay that much money to bring in that guy unless maybe they're going to look at either trading or or uh, getting rid of Dante Parker, which is possible. Um, but that would be the only reason that I would even consider... Um, taking Kenny Galladay as if you're planning to get rid of Parker because then you're still going to go out and target a faster guy probably in the draft. Um, but I, honestly, if I, had to, if I had to choose, depending on wh- how high they want to take a receiver too because um, if I had to choose uh, if I had to choose Kenny Galladay, I would uh, probably either be getting rid of Parker or if they're just hell-bent on keeping him, um, then they're going to target somebody with more speed in the draft, which you can see with the Devonte Smith, you know, side of it. Um, there's there's some other speedy ones, but I mean Devonte Smith is, is very fast. You get the, the Rashard Bateman, so maybe you're taking Swell at the beginning because you're going to take Rashard Bateman out of Minnesota, I believe, um, you know, as your first picked uh, wide receiver, which that would make sense to me to, to do it that way. But honestly. If I had to choose, I would rather them go after Juju Smith-Schuster, and it, it's not popular. It's definitely not a popular opinion. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you saw him succeed with the Steelers whenever times were good. Um, uh, you know, as they began to have struggles and Ben got older, he. a lot of people blamed it on the fact that, that Antonio Brown was gone and he was only good at the, being the second wide receiver, and I don't think that's what the case was. I I think it was because Ben's deterioration has just been that bad, and he did not look good last year. So I would blame it some on that, uh, if if not anything else. So I think that he's very, very good, and I think he's got the potential to be that number one receiver that why, but Miami actually really needs right now. Um, Parker can be that, but he's just the bigger guy. I think he's going to be. He would benefit greatly from them bringing over Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got a guy that is an extremely good route runner, very quick, uh, good at yards after catch, and that's the to the T the style that Miami is going to be looking for. Um, you can go cheaper, though, and I'll get to that in a second, but that's just, if, if like I said at the beginning, if I had to choose between the two of them, I would choose Juju for that reason. Um, I think Kenny Galladay can be a more explosive player. I just don't think schematic schematically-wise it's going to fit the Dolphins very well. And if you're going to spend that kind of money, they're going to need to get someone that is really going to fit uh, what they're needing, or else you're just kind of forcing a piece in there, and you're really not going to get the production that you're that you're really paying for. Uh, but if they didn't go, if they didn't go that route, then I would see them going more towards a Curtis Samuel. Uh, I think he would be a very good piece to bring in. Uh, you look at Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis would really fit this offense. Um, I, I think that they're both very speedy players. They're very versi- versatile players, uh, especially Curtis Samuel coming out and taking those uh, those reverse you know, kind of swings where they end up being they're the running back, essentially, in it. Um, I, he's very good in those, and that's something that they like to do with Jakeem Grant. So I can see, as part of what I said at the beginning of the show, I can see them getting rid of Jakeem Grant and replacing him with a Curtis Samuel or Corey Davis, uh, which I, I honestly believe is an upgrade if you don't count... Uh, special teams in that and some of them may do that as well who knows Uh, but yeah I I like the idea of getting those players because if we can target if you can target a Curtis Samuel or Corey Davis uh, you've got another one to go into the mix if Preston Williams gets hurt uh, which seems to be every year now or uh, you know it also allows you to go ahead and draft that stud receiver at the beginning like we honestly I think we should so that kind of that kind of goes into that if I had to choose in the you know the overall of free agency I want to see Miami bring in Corey Davis Curtis Samuel somebody like that that's that's really what I want to see because I think then you can go after the Jalen Waddle you can go I mean honestly any of them I would be happy with Um, I think as I said earlier Devontae Smith would would fit into the role of coming in if uh, they went after like Kenny Galladay or one of those bigger guys that would probably benefit uh, the idea that they're going for more, and Devonte Smith fits it as far as speed and and just his explosive ability. He's just incredible. Uh, but you know, it really, uh, the the knock against him has been that he's small. I mean, he's 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 light. He's very skinny. Um, but I, I don't see that holding the Dolphins back, especially Brian Flores. You know, he he certainly knows that. He says it all the time that great players are. You know, they come in all different ways. And, uh, a, you know, a top pick is a top pick. And so he's going to be a great receiver. And I would like to see him on the Dolphins. So, But he, I was just kind of saying all that to get to that really any of those three running backs at the beginning had the potential to be a stud guy on the other side of Devontae Parker. Um, or you can, you know, if, if that player works better out of the slot, you can have him take Preston Williams' place uh, or have him mix in, substitute with him depending on the situation of the game, but you could have that Curtis Samuel or one of those other guys on the outside. They're not going to... You never know. The, the guy that's drafted in the first round could be uh, working opposite Devontae Parker. It's very possible. Um, you know, these a lot of these first-round receivers have the ability to come in and play at a high level right now, so uh, it, it could definitely be possible, which would which would be great. Um, but there's so many wide receivers in this draft. There really is. It's a very, very loaded down wide receiver draft uh, that I... I see them not coming out of the first two rounds with without a wide receiver. I really don't, because I see them taking probably two uh, to build some of that depth, up, uh, depth back up after they cut some of these players this year, or this offseason. Um, but yeah, kind of going into the other needs there with them, though, just to kind of lightly talk about the rest of the draft. I, I see them going after uh, a linebacker, whether it's... Uh, the North Carolina linebacker—I can't remember off the top of my head. I've heard the Missouri linebacker talked about a little bit too, um, but they're—they're going to target a—they're going to target a linebacker. And if I had to guess, I would say they target one in the first two rounds. And I would say absolutely waiting no later than the third that they're going to probably take a linebacker, depending on how they fall. Um, but there's there's a few good ones, so I think that they can come out of this draft with uh, with with a serviceable linebacker that will be able to kind of. Um, to help out and fill some of the holes in that area that they're going to have. Um, I see them addressing possibly the de- either the defensive line, or if they can get um, if they can get a a hybrid uh, kind of linebacker, sort of how Andrew Van Ginkel plays, that could help too. Uh, if they can make them into a pass rusher, uh, but they're going to tackle that whether it be one of the the end positions or somebody that can you know substitute in at D tackle because. That's going to be an area we're going to have to look at unless you're really confident in Zach Sealer, uh, you know, continuing what we got to see from him last year, which was great. I mean, he's outstanding, um, but he's kind of somebody that came out of nowhere, and he's you know, he um, he, he was undrafted, if I'm not mistaken, and so you know, it's it's going to be a gamble to, to bet all your chips without, you know, putting some more reinforcements in that position that Zach Sealer is just going to gonna carry it. Because I don't see them bringing back Devon Godshaw. I hope they do. I like him. I think he's awesome. I just don't. I think his time in Miami's done, personally. I don't think they're going to give him the money that he's going to want uh, unless they can kind of get the team-friendly deal, which I hope they do. Because I'd like to still see him around. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so I see him getting some sort of uh, pass rusher there in, in the draft. I don't think it's going to be necessarily early unless they go after like a Gregory Rousseau. I don't see him doing that. I don't know why they would, honestly. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's deep enough where you can wait until the fourth round or so and, and try to get somebody through there. Uh, or they may address it in free agency. That's always possible. There's going to be some names out there. Um, but I, some, one of the more like more important positions I see him going after is a safety. I think they're gonna. I think you're gonna see a safety from them, and I think it's going to be earlier than you think. Honestly, I do. Um, with kind of the way Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe, or you know, their age and and honestly their contract situations, um, they're not very favorable. They're I mean, honestly, and they've been pretty good, but I think that it's an area that can definitely be improved, and they shouldn't look past the fact that. Bobby McCain's been on the team for a long time. He's a leader. He's the defensive leader. And it's very important because he's good at it. Um, but it, they, they can't let that uh, you know blind their view of, of upgrading a position that is going to be a need, If even if you think it's okay for right now with him. It's going to be a need, and it will be a need uh, very soon. So I think that that's an important uh, spot to look at, especially with some of the high uh, high-graded safeties coming out in this draft. There's a couple few pretty good ones to choose from. Uh, offensive line is, of course, going to be addressed, whether it's Panay Sewell, like we talked about earlier. Um, I would like to see them trade back, as I talked about it at the beginning part of the, the draft talk. But, uh, I, yeah, I would like to see them dra- uh, kind of you know use Sewell's uh, talent to, to get themselves some more picks, move back, uh, get yourself a weapon of some sort, hopefully. Um, but I see, uh, you know, offensive tackle or offensive guard, even center, um, all of those are, are going to be right there on the list, uh, regardless of whether they take Swell or not. Because um, in theory, you could draft two, even with the Isaiah Wilson signing and all of the risks that we talked about already. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come with two offensive linemen out of this draft, because there's a lot to choose from. It's very deep, uh, and it's very good for for a... For a lot of teams because you can get those higher level guys that honestly uh, really need some replacements right now across the league in fact and you know for that regard Um, so having a strong tackle group uh, is very beneficial to the Dolphins because they've got the opportunity to get a couple of them and I think they will. Uh, I see them hopefully going after Creed Humphrey he's one of my favorite guys and there's been a lot of back-and-forth talk on him. Um, I've heard the negatives for him, and I, I understand it, but I think he is the exact player that can come in, uh, and he can fill a lot of different positions on the offensive line, and he's very good, and I, I think he's excellent. So he's one guy that I'm hoping that the Miami Dolphins are able to get, uh, and I hope that they want, because honestly, I don't know. Maybe they, they view players that much differently than us the fans do looking at the mock drafts, uh, and I'm yeah, they, they go by their, their own. Uh, the rankings, not, not the not the experts or those analyst guys that are you know they're they're going off the talent level, but they don't really know the inner workings of the teams, and there's always surprises every year. Uh, but yeah, Creed Humphrey would be great for this team. I don't know how much wheeling and dealing the Dolphins do with their draft picks, what exactly they move around, but I hope he's one that that they come away with. Um, and I don't really know too much about a lot of the other tackles. I know the ones around that area or higher uh, graded, but. Um I know that there's there's a lot of good ones though, from what I've heard and looked at so far uh, with projections. Uh, the only spot that I, I see them possibly making a bit of a surprise in is actually ta- uh, going after a cornerback in the draft uh, at a decently high position po- uh, potentially. And a lot of people aren't too keen on the idea. I, I'm, I'm probably not too uh, I wouldn't be too happy about the idea of taking a cornerback in the first, Oh, not the first round. Probably not the second round. Uh, Unless you can land one of those big-time names, the Patrick Sertans or one of those guys that kind of fall into your lap at the perfect spot. That would work, but that would be the only reason I would think about taking one early. Uh, There's a decent amount to choose from. I think you can can wait to the third, fourth, and and probably get one that's going to be okay for you Uh, because it seems like it's kind of top-heavy on some of the cornerbacks, and then after that you've got a lot of guys that are... Pretty similar, around the same level uh, that that will be available if you can find one that maybe fits your scheme best or that kind of stood out to you for a certain way. Um, I, I think it's the best route to go. Uh, we've still got Noah Igbenogany, who seemed to improve by all accounts, uh, and we talked about it before, uh, how the reports were coming out saying that he was improving a lot as the season went along after we saw him struggle with, uh, uh, with Jones out at the beginning of the year. Uh, he definitely struggled, but... Uh, but I, th- I think that he's going to end up being a pretty good cornerback. One that can—he'll st- probably be the first one to be able to step into that role of uh, Xavier or, or, or Byron Jones being gone. Um, he'll he'll work out just fine that way, hopefully. Um, but I, I think that a lot of a lot of his is uh, uh, struggles at the beginning of the year were just because he didn't get a full, you know, they didn't with the off season the way it was, and and everything else. I don't think he got to get a lot of that experience in practices that he, uh, that I think he probably needed. And I mean, Nick Needham's still there, but, um, they just put the, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called. One of those, uh, restricted, uh, free agent tags on him. Um, so which, which I'm happy about. I like Nick Needham for this team. Uh, I think he works very hard, but he's kind of one of those underdog guys that you're, you're really kind of taking a gamble on because you know, they don't go drafted, but they come in and have success. It's like, well, can they sustain that? Can they keep showing that, and can they get to a higher level instead of us addressing it in the draft? And so I think that's going to be part of it. Um, if they get the right opportunity in the draft, I think they're going to take a corner, and that way you really have uh, a solid, a solid backup. Um, you know, in case something happens, which which would be nice because you never know how long uh, Xavier and, and Jens are going to be around. There, those kind of players that we've heard plenty of. Uh, trade rumors already um, about, about Xavian going on, and I, I don't think that'll happen, but uh, I certainly hope he stays with the team. But um, yeah, there's just there's no telling. Those kind of big-name guys like that, they can move around at the, at the drop of a hat. And honestly, even if they were to get rid of Xavian Howard, the free agency market um, for, for corners is not that great, and it's not what you want to pay right now. Uh, with with the salary cap struggles coming up here so I, I would see them keeping howard you know by any means possible I don't know if they're gonna have to restructure his contract but honestly I, I think they're gonna make it and then maybe they'll either restructure it at the end of this year or next offseason is my hope um, he could strong arm I hope he doesn't because I I really think this team could be great next year and I hope that I hope that he's on board with it and not just trying to go after the money but he's he's an outstanding player and um, if, they, if they can keep him, I want them to keep him. Because uh, honestly, he brings some of that attitude. He brings that kind of attitude that you get from those uh, big name cornerbacks, and I, I think that's what this team needs, especially the defense and the way that they operate. They've got a mix between fun and seriousness, and um, they got some guys who are on the the high end of each of those spectrums. And I think Xavier's on that serious kind of kind of deal, but. Um, but I, I think he's a good offset and, and a good reminder to to keep pushing and keep working hard. Uh, but yeah, but I mean the other big name receivers around the league, uh, or, or I'm sorry, the other the other big name cornerbacks around the league are not going to uh, not going to draw the kind of money that maybe Xavier's gonna make, you know, somewhere else. But it would at least, uh, I don't know, I guess give you the opportunity to to draft somebody else and save some money in an area, but um, I, I don't think that's the way that they'll go, but I do see them taking a cornerback later uh, to to really give you the depth that you need in that. So, uh, But yeah, with that, pretty much out of time on this one. I'll come back when some more news has happened. We'll talk about free agency stuff and uh, everything exciting that's going to be going on with that. So until next time, I'm Tyler Moss. Fins up, everybody.